It's not the length podcast. You're off your head, Nevins. Because I want to get to this um, Ben Mondi. Is it Mondi or Mondi? Ben Mondi. Yeah, he's like a journalist. Yeah. You're going to get a big one on the head. Welcome. It's Not The Length Podcast. I'm Paul Evans. And I'm Ben Mundy. Wow, Ben, wow. Brand new, sort of brand new show? Ish. Pretty new. Ah, oh, brand spanking new for 2019. We've been acclaimed podcasters for some time now. And looks we probably like we started the whole thing. We're going from strength to strength. We're going to talk about surfing in 2019. We're going to look back a little bit in 2018. And that's uh, not very professional, mate. The phone dinging away. Well, welcome to... Um, that, was from, that was from the wife saying, can you put the beers in the fridge? <laughs> That's quite a nice cut thing they get, though, isn't it? Yeah. I'll turn it off. Yeah, what, what were we talking about? Surfing in 2019, Paul. Yeah, we're going to look back on 2018. Oh, that was a good year for surfing. Oof, uh, some stuff that happened at the end of the season. we got Amir Jean, new world champ, and Steph, of course. We're going to talk some other stuff, some big ways. What have we got? Some interviews? We got yeah, we're going to talk to Nacho Gonzalez, big wave extraordinaire, and he's Nazarite, sort of... Efforts and he's just the year he's had. It's been an amazing year. Got Richard Dogmarsh. Ooh la la. Surf coach to the stars. Let's get on with the show. Well, Ben, let's have a look through some recent happenings in the surf world. First of all, what have you got that's good? Um, well, one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had in the surfing world, not only in the last sort of year, but in a long, long time, despite your presence, the, the whole time was the um, Nazare Challenge, the big wave tour event down in Nazare. Just, I've been to a lot of events, Paul, I've covered them, I've broadcasted them, I've shat on them, and this was one I actually really enjoyed, like just as a surf fan, it got me riled up, it was... 40 foot and offshore, and Nazare was absolutely like, it was tubing. It showed Nazare that it's a legit wave, and every single guy was charging. Not a single wave didn't go, like, everyone paddled, everyone went, everyone charged. It was a good, relaxed vibe. Commentary needed a bit of work, but apart from that, it was just one of those events that went quick. Those big wave events, they're done in six hours. It's a perfect amount of time for a competition. The buzz was good, the sun was out, they were packing barrels. I thought that's the type of surfing that I want to see. Yeah. Loved it. Very uh, good. A little way back now, but now you come to mention it. Yeah, the event was pretty good. Um, the, some all right surfing, okay ways. I thought the I thought some of the some of the commentary was really, really good. I thought the dose are really stepped. Garrett was good. They really it? stepped it up in terms when, of when Garrett actually that's another one of my goods when he was talking about Garrett McNamara was on the commentary team with, with you, Paul. Yes, you were helming the operation, and Garrett talked about um, how he conceived his children on the rocks at the front down there at Nazare, which I you need more of that in the booth. Evans brings you another first in surfing. <laughs> Where he can see both of his kids. Yeah. Yeah, it was a full moon that night, man. Yeah, we're right down by that rock. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, 27 and a half minutes remaining. <laughs> yeah, good event, Ben. Good event. Uh, no one got hurt badly. Did they? Don't think so. I did a base jump on the Monday. Yeah, and uh, yeah, tally ho, good fun. And if only all surf events could be over in one day. What have you got that? <coughs> Brazilians' domination of the world tour. It's a new dawn, it's a new era. Australia is dead. California has never really been that good. I guess Florida was just a one man show. 
it's all about Brazil. Obviously, he's got Hawaii in there too, mainly represented by John John Zeke. But what incredible dominance by Brazilians of Medina with Toledo with why, Ferreira. Why, why is that good? I just think it's fresh and new, something in surfing for a while. Brazilian was sort of seen, it was like a put down in surfing, wasn't it? It was like, it was, it was associated with beach break specialists. Yeah, exactly. It's associated with people that totally charge and national bullshit. They're completely dominant. They're just some new energy. I mean, apart from the fact that it's good to see Australia just coming nowhere and really, you know, kind of not even a, well, a shadow of their former selves. Um, I just love the fresh energy and I think that that's going to only go from strength to strength. There's loads of talent down there as well. The young ones coming through. Um, great times. Really excited to see Brazil do what they do best. Everyone talks about their passion. It's become a little bit of a sort of a cliche for it all. But, you know, I like what they're doing. And, I, you know, being an Australian yourself, when you look down, you see Parker's now retired. Mick and Tucker. Well, Mick Tucker retired. Mick and Tucker aren't dead, but they're like dead in terms of like the world tour. You're not, you haven't even got your beads around anymore. You're sort of pretty consistent performing. the future. Yeah, you must think, you know, is it, is it, do, you, do you really get excited about Julia Wilson? I mean, let's keep this positive. This is a good, but like, is he, is he the future? I think... Well, he's, Bra- he's, he's, yeah, well, it's the only chance, really, for Australia uh, to get a world title. Brazil's the present, Brazil's the future, and I think that's great. Bullshit! <coughs> ben, what else have you got that's... <laughs> Uh, John John Florence, speaking of previous world champions, he was uh, there was a bit of a um, chat about usually um, around the world title, um, the previous world champion hands over the trophy to the, uh, the, well, the new one, the incumbent. Uh, John John didn't do that. He wasn't there. That's because he was in Australia. And the reason he was in Australia is because he was racing in the Sydney to Hobart yacht race, which is a famous yacht race um, that goes from, funnily enough, from Sydney to Hobart. Uh, it starts on Boxing Day. It's a massive affair in Australian sporting calendar. It's a pretty serious race. I think three years ago, the storm took out 55 of the 100 boats. Eight people died. Uh, in this case, the weather was better. But, uh, yeah, John John was on, on his mate's boat. The boat was called Winning Appliances. Not one of the great boat sort names. Of nautical boat names of our time. Winning Appliances. But, um, <laughs> no doubt, it didn't matter. He got uh, second in his division, and he got ninth in line on it. So he's the ninth... Ninth boat over the line now. I know he was probably just hanging at the back doing some rope sort of stuff. I don't know. You're more of the, the yachty than me, Paul. You're wearing the uh, the deck shoes and got the outfit on as we speak, that little cap on. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a serious race that serious sailors need to be. And uh, John John just took it on came ninth. I can pretty good effort. I really respect his creativity and come up with sort of innovative ways of sort of snubbing Medina. <laughs> and it's like BBC Sports Personality of the Year and they always do like the cross to Andy Murray. He's always in Florida. Doesn't yeah. give a shit, does he? He's like, yeah, I couldn't really be bothered to come in. But, you know, he's won. Couldn't really be bothered to come in. It's a little bit like that. It's like, yeah, what can I come up with this time? I know I'll do a boat race rather than, you know, hand over my yeah. world title trophy in my backyard. Paul, have you got anything else that's... <laughs> <laughs> I would like to really applaud the World Surf League and uh, Ben, you're in their sort of team of staff writers, so maybe you can... I would say, I think staff writers have become more senior contributor. You occasionally post a blog on the homepage, but yeah, you could pass on my compliments. I thought it was an excellent decision with the wild card. There's always a lot of chat about injury wild card. I think it's a bit of a misconception, not really necessarily for injuries. That's normally the reason why they hand it out, but it's it's not for who got hurt the most. And then we had a little bit of chat from... It's Cop- just a wild card. It's just a wild card. It's not an injury it's just card. a body. It's just a body. So they both... It gave it to two subs who were injured, obviously Kelly and John John. And, and Kyra Belly, you know, bless his heart, had a little bit of a cry about it. And I 
I, I am with him. He's, he makes valid points. The idea of a wild card, though, is it doesn't really matter who deserves it on the numbers. or That's the opposite of that. A wild card is like a wild card just to put someone in because it'll make the whole thing better. And I think, you know, even Kaya's family and maybe even his wife, girlfriend, even Kaya would, probably, himself. would probably agree that events are probably more exciting with Slater and or John John in than him. Can I can I read out what he what Kyle, uh, <laughs> what he wrote on his Instagram? I did like he he, he went hard on Kelly, didn't he? He said, I mean, this is a Google translation, so uh, it was probably actually written worse than this. I disagree with the decision. Kelly used and abused. He went to Fiji, twenty foot during the Karams event, stayed third in the pool, and did not go to France the next week. This is his second consecutive year that he uses the same card. Is it fair? Question mark. Wow, so it's used and abused. There's yeah. some big words taken on the yeah. go. He's got twenty. He got fourteenth in his first year, and he hasn't been back since. Mm. Anyway, yeah, I mean, I like his passion. Um, and can I just squeeze in another quick good while we're at it? Is um, oh, yeah, also if I can. I'd also like to bring um, the surf world's attention to a Twitter account called Full On Steez. I don't know if you're following that. He's only got about seven hundred followers. It's pretty amazing. Let me just read out a couple of some of my favourite ones. We had a little bit of chat about Connor Coffin uh, in a previous episode of a previous <laughs> podcast. And, uh, you know, not all of it was complimentary. Full on Steve said, wow, Connor is getting shacked. And if you want to see the world's least in-demand classic rock covers by a melodically challenged white guy, for sure check out his Insta. Which I thought pretty much sums up everything I hold dear to my heart. Mm. So full on Steve's <laughs> bed. Not meaning to um, take a trip to negative town vibe-wise. What have you got, Luz? Um, Sort of back in December with all the uh, focus on Hawaii. That's a can of uh, homemade lemonade getting squeezed out. Um, Yeah, back in December um, 2018, there was a a lot of focus on Hawaii, but one of the uh, sort of poorer things that I saw come out was the so-called fight between Tanner Hendrickson and the Brazilian Michael Rodriguez. I don't know if you saw it. Uh, you can check out Instagram or just see, check out. Um, so Tanner's a, a guy from Maui, blonde-haired. Uh, can Rodriguez. I just say, he looks a little bit like in Karate Kid when they're doing the sort of big tournament at the end, the Tri, the tri Valley tournament. I think it's the semi-final or something and there's one of the Cobra Khan the side he goes... Yeah, get him a body bag, Johnny! Like, with sort of bug, buggy eyes. Looks a bit like him. Anyway, he carry on. See, I can see that. Anyway, um, he, him and Rodriguez, presumably, had prior they had some type of hustling contest in Huntington Beach. Anyway, Rodriguez walking out the bike track. Really, it's all getting filmed as if some type of setup, and then Tanner just pops out of the bike track and takes him on. That bit of a scuffle... A bit of a like a head wrestle, the typical handbags, and they Rodriguez leaves. They all film. They all walk off, and that was that. And that led to, uh, well, a whole lot of shit for Henriksen. The um, WSL um, took his place away in the in the trials, um, and then there was all the sort of usual internet weighed in. And then Carl Smith, like, I mean, Carl Rothman's like, ah oh, man, it's cool. It's the way men should be treated. And that's on his voice, but that's what he would have said. Uh, and then eventually, um, Rodriguez came out and said on Instagram, oh, his, this was his actual quote, again translated from the Portuguese, uh, I repudiate any and all acts of violence against me or against any other living being. Nothing justifies the aggression I've received. 
So I feel obliged to take all reasonable steps to ensure that unfortunate events such as these do not occur with me or against any other athlete and or person. That's fucking written by his lawyer, clearly. Yeah, well, see, he's the same guy had a fight with Joe and Giroux in there was a little, There's a little whisper. I don't know if we're, sort of, we're libelling him now, but if it, or slandering him, rather. But He like, wasn't repudiating repudiate anything in then, was he? He was having a... Is there, there was a rumour that he punched he bopped a dude in the yeah. face at Saturday Night Club or yeah, something. Yeah, there was but something like that. And I like, you know, I like that that sort of stuff. Sometimes no one gets hurt. I like to see the passions. Sometimes they spill over. That's what happens. Just a body, Ben. Just a body. Let's have a fight. Don't film it. And don't back like a dick afterwards. Anyway, that was bad. I didn't like it. Get him a body bag! Yeah! All right. <laughs> Paul. Yes. Got anything that's... Yeah. Uh, the world title... At Pipe, some people call it the, sh- the world title showdown. I call it the world title slowdown, man. Oh, wow. Uh, Paul, Paul, like what you've done there. Yeah, I think there's... Although Pipe's obviously a great venue, I think there's a sort of fundamental issue with the sort of timing of the tour, the fact that there's those two events. You've got France, Portugal, quite a lot goes on. There's two events in a couple of weeks. And you're, you're on, you know? Even people like me maybe have slightly more... Sort of difficulty getting excited about competitive professional surfing at the elite level. I, I kind of get into it a bit and like want something to happen. And then basically, that was in mid October, we waited two months for Medina to surf five heats. He had to surf five heats to win the titles, what he did. We had to wait two months for him to surf for two and a half hours. I'm not sure that's really kind of, I felt like we were kind of waiting sort of too long. So mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of an issue. With the format, I'm trying to think how I could solve it. I do like to help out the World Surf League with just free advice. I've done it in the past. I'm not going to stop. I think the logical solution, Mandy, and you let me know what you think. Why don't they have two CTs on the North Shore? I mean, we're gonna, we've talked about the tri- Triple Crown being whack in the past. I have. Um, why don't have two CTs instead? And then you'd get, you know, really sort of ramp up again in terms of, imagine Rocky Point. Imagine a, imagine a mobile CT... Mainly held at Rockies as the main venue, but hey, if it's huge, go to Wyomere. Have some heats at sunset. Wouldn't that be more interesting than watching... At the risk of pouring some scorn bucket on this, when I I do, I get the most of it, I just think there's, and it's a boring subject, there's all sorts of permit rules in Hawaii. You know, you can't run a comp on Rocky Point on the fourth Sunday of the fucking whatever, so... I I mean, a lot already, I don't want to shoot it out in front of No, thanks for killing my dream, then, with with permitting issues. It's structurally flawed. I suppose you could just make sunset... CT, it's been done before, but there's permit issues. Wouldn't that be a more of a season's ending kind of thing rather than, we're nearly there, we're nearly finished, we're nearly finished. Okay, just wait two months and then mm. uh, we're going to have five heats. Yeah, no, I get you. I think November's a tricky month. Tr- November is just generally the shittest month for surfing the whole around the world. So that's you need a, you need an event in November. So yeah, that's what you need, Paul. I think even an event in like not that amazing ways... As long as they're up, as long as they're decent enough ways, yeah, would, be, yeah. would be better than just not having any surfing. Yeah, I agree. It's I hard agree. to be a fan when it's not actually going on. Though. And just if I just, I'll just sort of carry on with that um, <laughs> little riff. I thought you were done. Changes to the tour and to the triple crown. I've also come up with um, something better in terms of qualification. Uh, what I'd like to see instead, Ben, is I'd like to see the bottom, the ten bottom feeders on the CT and fight the t- in a cage, and the top ten QSs. Do a playoff system oh, good. where they just this do a surf good. off. So you just have ten good. heats. I like this, Paul. And you're surfing for your career. So if you finish twenty fifth, say is it the mm. bottom ten, finish twenty fifth, you take on the winner of the QS. And if you finish thirty fourth out of the thirty four, you take on the tenth on the QS. You have a heat on the North Shore. And that'd be better than watching the world title go down. They're surfing for their life. 
I like it. Amazing. Because the relegation, the CTQS relegation, well, I've been on board with this for ages. For example, in the, in the women's, for example, there's one surfer, new surfer, next year in 2019, Breeza Hennessy. Oh, yeah. So Breeza is the only... Good surfer. Of the, of the 16 that surf every event, she's the only new one. And it's supposed to be a qualification, re-qualification. With your freaky only good idea I've ever heard you come up with, this could uh, this could change it all. This could be game changing. Ben, what else have you got? Let's. <laughs> um, I've been delving a little bit into the Olympic qualification process for surfing. You had me at permits. <laughs> yeah, you had me at permits, and now you've really just taken the relationship to the next level. Well, yeah, wow. Just okay. Think, just so the readers, the Olympics are a big thing for surfing. Mm. Um. Uh-huh. And the qualification process is fairly uh, sort of complicated. I don't know if we're going to go through it here. I mean, we could, we could just go through it bit by bit, but we probably won't. Um, but the main thing is, next year, the CT ratings, 2019, they'll um, be the primary route. They'll supply 18 of the 40 qualification spots for men and women. So less than half, right? You with me? The CT's going to supply 18 of the 40. For men and women. So 10 for men, 8 for women. Right. There's a catch, though. Only two um, surfers from each country can represent their country. Right. If it happened right now, this would be the, the team for the Olympics 2020. If it was held right now, it would be Medina, Toledo, Wilson, Wright, Smith, your mate Connor Coffin, Andino, Perez, Flores, and Moraes. That would be the people that would represent the CT surfers at the Olympics. Okay. What do you think about that? Uh, I'm not, I don't know. Mixed emotions. So it's it... not the best surfers. It's just two of the best surfers in three of the best countries and then a mix. And the rest is taken from the ISAs and Pan American bullshit games or whatever. So... Ooh. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Really wearing your, wearing your WSL sort of blazer. Well, I'm you? just saying that that's what's going to happen. That's, that's the criteria. If you, did, if you didn't realise that, if you just thought it was going to be the best surfers in the Olympics... It's not. Paul, mm. have you got anything that's... Brazilian surfing. Brazilian domination. Well, it was, it was good a few minutes ago. Um, I'd like, uh, you know, what comes to my mind is something that you're normally more used to hearing being chanted outside the Saudi embassy. Where are the women? Where are the women? How is it possible that a country blessed with so much surfing talent and opportunity on the men's side, to the point where they're completely dominating... There's no one on the women's side doing anything. Silvana Lima. Well, she was, you know, been around a long time. She's kind of had a crack at it a few years ago. She kind of staged a bit of a comeback, you know, when she's, she's on, not... She's on CT next year, yeah. Right, but, like, she's getting on a bit. She's hardly, like, a young up-and-coming nah, talent. Nah, yeah, she's and if you look, you know, you do Q of S events, as we do on the broadcast... There's no one on the women's QS from Brazil doing anything. No. You look at the men's QS, you see the CT, and you're like, that's impressive. You look at the QS, you're like, holy shit, they're coming in. Like, they're just, there's so many of them waiting in the wings for the women's side. There's no one there. I don't understand it, Ben. It just makes what me... What do you think? Why, me, what are the reasons? i got no idea. I just think it's, it's crazy. How, how is that possible? They must have women's QSs over there. They must be the same sort of structure, or, or maybe it's... They don't need structure. Maybe that's the key to their success in the men's is they're not going through surf club competition all the time. But whatever it is, it's weird that the women aren't coming through. It's not the length podcast. Okay, on the line, I've got Richard Dog Marsh, uh, one of Cronulla's favourite sons, now lives in the south of France, coaches, coaches the stars. He's got a stable of the, the hottest young prospects. 
We've got him on the line from the south of France to talk about Hawaii, talk about the year that went down and the year ahead. How are you, Richard Dog Marsh? It's great to be here. Um, yeah, couldn't be happier. You just had, um, how, you just spent a long time in Hawaii, dog. How many times, when's, well, how long have you been going to Hawaii for, mate? So, my first trip, I was probably 15, um, went over with the Billabong guys, and I've missed a few years, thankfully, in between all that, uh, when I retired, but yeah, it must be, Jesus, I don't know, 30 odd seasons I've done, and yeah, this was a long one, six weeks, I, um, I ran through, um, but yeah, it was great to be part of. To be honest, it was a freaking pretty amazing year. How has it changed, mate? How is Hawaii now? You said is it was an crowd? Is it crowded? You must have seen it change a lot, but it's still is it still like it was when you were? No, no, it's, it's not at all. It's like now it's friendly. Um, when I started going there, fuck man, it was the wild west. Like I shit you not, you were you were kind of nervous most of the time you were there. Um, now it's unreal. Um, the boys all travel a lot more now, and um, it's just sort of, uh, I guess, cross-pollinated the surfing community. And, and yeah, it's it's super mellow now. The locals are really cool. Um, it's got a really good vibe to it. Uh, I was working, so I didn't surf a whole lot. But the waves were good this year. There was a lot of really good days in between some bad ones. Let's talk about work, shall we? How, who do you have over there, dog? Who are you looking after? Uh, the same guys. I um, don't have a real big stable. I had, um, of course, Frederico, uh, and then Leo Ferravanti and Ryan Callan, and then I had a couple of Groms, Justin Bickray and Tiago came over for the last two weeks uh, just to get some experience. And Justin ended up getting into the pipe trials, which was cool, and got through a heat or two, which um, was good for him. Only 17 years old, so that was a great result. How's it, mate? Because Ryan was obviously on a tear and he he, he qualified with with amazing performance and, and Leo's back on, but Fred missed out by one spot, mate. So how do you how does that go down with three guys and two very different outcomes? Yeah, it's it's not always um, it's not always the outcome you want, you know. Obviously, having all three of the guys I coach uh, in the CT next year was the dream, and. Um, we just came a little bit shorter. Fred had a really tough year. He was, you know, bugger all the way. And right at the, you know, he's injured. He, he got badly injured at Pipeline and didn't surf for pretty much the entire trip. Uh, and then, yeah, it just came down to a matter of a couple of places. John DeRue obviously did amazing in the last two events um, and slipped past him. And, and same with Yago. Uh, so yeah, he just finished one out. Um, hard. And what about your man R. Cal? He um, seemed to be tearing up twenty foot pipe and doing twenty foot aerials. How, how good is that fucking kid? Uh, he's amazing, mate. You know what? I reckon he was probably the most improved or, or the standout of the season for me. How consistent he was um, through all three events and, and what he did in the free surfs and then the trials at Pipeline. Uh, was insane, you know. Um, yeah, he really, um, yeah, he, he grew a couple of feet uh, through this season. What have you done to sort of bring out, I mean, everyone knows he's kind of been like one of the kind of amazing free surfers for years. What have you done to sort of bring out his sort of inner shit? Like, how have you made him like, I mean, he's still like a really nice guy, everyone says that, but what have you done to make him like a bit, little bit less of a nice guy in, in the heat? Um, it, uh, <laughs> that was a flat tire, by the way. I'm obviously living in France for the last 10 years. Uh, you know what, it, what? What's happened, I'll tell you the, the inside word here, 
is I've stopped trying to do that. Uh, I've been working with um, Jason Patchell, who is Surfing Australia's sports psych, and he's really helped me uh, connect with Ryan uh, on different levels. Um, my 80s uh, background <laughs> of just go get up, fucking do what it takes, paddle through them. You know, that, that just doesn't work for everyone. And Ryan's a perfect uh, point in case. Uh, so I've just, you know, or we've, I guess, worked together on, on ways for him to still stand his ground, um, to compete uh, when it needs to be and at, at the level it needs to be, and that's an intensity level as well. Um, and still be true to himself. And, um, yeah, but he's that sort of guy. He wants his surfing to do the talking. He really does, and that's kind of his thing. Uh, it doesn't always work. Sometimes a guy can be overly aggressive at the start and get a opportunity because you haven't fought for the inside, for example. But it seems to be working pretty well the back end of this year for Ryan. Um, yeah, just a different headspace for him. Leo's the opposite, just naturally competitive. I mean, I think that's probably some feedback you hear about Leo is he comes across quite cocky. Um, I just want to point out he is Italian. <laughs> <laughs> and he, mate, he loves it. He loves that challenge. And But that's not for everyone, you know. Frederico was... Uh, very similar he's like really aggressive when he needs to be and that's his natural personality so what about we obviously weren't there and didn't see that the pipe masters go down but geez gabriel medina just looked like it was one of the great performances of all time was it not dog how was it seen it live how how, how good is how good is that guy yes yeah, shit he's freaking phenomenal isn't he you know uh he's just getting better Honestly, the kid's just getting better, and I feel like he started the last couple of years a little bit half-assed. Dog, taking a slightly different tack, like we've seen coaching come on has become more and more prominent as the sport gets like more and more like professional, and you know everyone's paying attention to like every detail, just eking out every bit of performance. How far away are we? Do you think from seeing like? coaches for the coaches so like after a heat you'll debrief with like ryan and like you have your clipboard and circle of score and then he'll go off and then you'll have your coach come up to you and then sort of debrief you on how you went coaching that heat um oh you've met joel parkinson he's the coach's coach but um just this last trip to Y, uh, mix on that bandwagon too it's fucking it's actually pretty easy to get a job to be a coach's coach it seems like you actually don't have to come to the beach whatso fucking ever you can be anywhere drinking the finest whiskey whatever Whatever you might be doing, sitting on the Gold Coast in your luxury fucking mansion, <laughs> but you can still have your two cents. Um, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it could be something in the future. I mean, it's sort of starting now, actually. It's uh, not something I'm encouraging, though, but yeah. <laughs> Let's not count it out. We try to stay in the background as much as possible, and, and part of that is dealing with like the team. So it's like the guy who's the physical trainer. For me, Adam Tripaz does most of my athletes. And then, uh, like I mentioned, Jason Patchell earlier, he's a sports psych. So I do um, branch off and talk to those guys a lot and we communicate as a group and try to keep the surfer, you know, surfing and keep his shit super simple. And anything we can deal with as a group, um, we try to do that. Just, again, just to keep the surfer's job. I mean, surfing's pretty basic. And I think if it stays as simple as possible... 
that's a good thing, you know, especially for the surfer. All the other stuff, it's getting – It's I really enjoy that part of it, the, the learning and the new, you know, sports, cricket, tech that comes in. But not all of it's relevant. And my job, part of my job is to, like, you know, decide what is relevant and not. All right, I'm going to move on quickly. We'll just get you quick. The qualifiers, you've seen a lot of the best young surfers coming through. Next year, we've, um, got, we've got eight new guys. Just give you quick – um, your quick feedback on how they're going to go. Evans and Mundy have done their own kind of ratings on where we think they might finish up. So what we're going to do, is we're going to give you our predicted position for the new guys on top. Not necessarily all rookies, some of them are requalifiers, but um, who, you know, qualifiers through the QS. We're going to give you our predicted placing and then you can like, reflect on that and maybe give us yours. Right, let's start with Seth Moniz. Um, Evans reckons... He's going to be in contention for Rookie of the Year, and I've got him just outside the top 10 in 12th. Ben? Uh, I've got him at 17. Amazing talent, but could be inexperienced. Dog? Yeah, uh, uh, you're off your head, Evans. <laughs> uh, Monday's probably more on it. Um, I see him just on the edge of qualification coming into Hawaii, which is probably a good place for him to, to be because he'll do it in Hawaii. Arkel? Ryan Callanan. I'm calling his top 10 surfer. He's got his act together. He's been on the CT for the last three months. 10th uh, in the world. Um, Evans has read the tea leaves and I've sort of studied the stars. I've got him in 15th. Oh, look, I'd be really happy for Ryan to um, be anywhere in between those. Um, I think the dream would be even a little bit higher. Um, I think he's got the ability to definitely be higher. It's just... Uh, how the year goes. If he can stay injury-free, I can't see any reason why he won't be in the top ten. Let's head back to Brazil. Someone you know pretty well, Peterson Crisanto. I'm going to go mad here. I'm calling he's my favourite for Rookie of the Year. I've got him just squeaking into the top ten in tenth. Monday. Mad as a cut snake, 27. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably with Monday on this one. I mean, look, the kid's ability is top 10, and it has been for a long time, and that's what scares me. Um, he's never really been able to capitalise on his ability, and even this year, it, he had some absolute blinding events, and he had some shockers in between. I think consistency will be his issue. OK. Um, David Silva. I've got him in 29. 27. Yeah, I think it's going to be a real hard year for David Silva. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I, I can see him going back to the QS. But I can see him qualifying through the QS again, by the way, boys. So yeah, it's true. He, he's probably the best small wave surfer on the QS tour. Uh, Dog, I've actually got a new format for qualification for the QS that um, Ben's going to pass on to the World Surf League. You'll have to listen to the podcast and check it out, but it's like a playoff system. Um, I don't know if Ben should do that, mate. You're probably better <laughs> off doing it yourself. I'm not too sure if ben, they take Ben's emails. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on through. Ricardo Christie, we've seen him before in the CT. Cool guy, great surfer. I've got him struggling down in 32. Uh, lovely hair. He's better than most guys on that CT. I reckon he's going to be just on the 20, 21 mark, just, just scraping in. My head says it's going to be a tough year. My heart says he's learned a lot of lessons and he's a bloody good surfer, that guy. Like, he really is a great surfer. Um, I'm going to go with Ben this time. I reckon he, he should just scrape in through the CT. Hard for him to re-qualify through the QS again. I reckon that'll kill him. Hopefully um, hopefully he's got some good advice and he doesn't even do the QS next year. He just uh, like concentrates on the CT. Um, 
that'd be my advice to him anyway. Okay, Leonardo Fioravanti, someone you know better than anyone. I've got him having a decent year and coming in much better than last time out and coming in 19th. Mundy? Uh, I reckon he's also going to come in about 16. I reckon he's safe, his houses, he's, he's good enough and he's second year on. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with you both. Um, I think a lot of the suit Leo um, and just knowing the kid like I do, uh, you know, he's a CT surfer all day and he'll just continue to improve year on year. Um, I'd like to think he'll be a little bit higher than that. I'd like to see him in the top 15 plus next year. He's got the potential to be in the top 10 for sure. And uh, from there on, you can only see the trajectory going up. Okay, Jadson. Um, I think he's going to struggle. He's, you know, looking sort of like he's aged a bit, especially compared to some of the kind of new talent around. And I've got him not requalifying somewhere down in the height 27th, something like that, Monday. Yeah, same. I just, I, yeah, he's just going to try and claim a 4.5 to qualify on the QS at sunset. I can see it happening again, so 28. Yeah, I heard he's actually going in for some surgery uh, through this off, uh, off season. He's going to get his arms um, shortened by about six inches. <laughs> and uh, I think aesthetically, uh, it's going to make a big difference to his surfing. <laughs> That's good. Um, nah, look, honestly, I, Jackson's just a QS surfer to me. I love the kid uh, to death, but, yeah, that's uh, that's where it'll be. Okay, Solly Bailey. I had to think, I had to reflect on him for a while. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I could see him, I, I, I've not got him requalifying. 26, I've said now. The more I think about it, that seems generous. I, I, don't, I can't see him requalifying through the CT. Uh, I disagree. I think he's... Uh, a very high upper ceiling, and he charges. He's, the CT will suit him more. He's, he's quite old now. He's got a bit of experience. I reckon he's going to qualify with a bit of ease. I reckon he could be a surprise, like a Wade Carmichael-esque, up around the 16, 17 mark. I think he's going to be a bit lower than that, but I agree with you. I think he's going to requalify through the CT. Um, I think Solly's a lot better than people give him credit for. Uh, and you're right, he's done a couple of tours now. He nearly qualified last year. He was not far off the year before. Um, he's good pedigree, Solly Bailey. He's a really good surfer, and he's a bit what the head judge Patamo is looking for at the moment, which is a good turn of speed. Honestly, he's the outside Mikey Wright, obviously. He's the Aussie hope next year. I, I think he can do a lot better than people um, are probably expecting, and that's a good thing. Uh, to come into the CT with low expectations, I think Leo proved that last year, and a lot of other people proved that over the years. Um, people won't be talking about him, and that's a good thing for Solly. Lastly, Jack Freestone. Yeah, I can see him just about squeaking in. One very bold prediction I'm going to make is that Rosie's going to mention quite a few times, like, what's it like being on tour being a dad? I reckon that's going to come up a couple of times on the webcast. <laughs> that, that may come up, yes. <laughs> I got him in 22. He's better than that. Surely he's not going to fuck is up he? again. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he's that good. He's just... Is he? I think he is. I think he's going to get his shit together. He's going to come, like, 15th. He can win events. He's going to win an event at some stage. God, how annoying is that? He's like, I lo again, I love Jack Freestone, but, gee, he's pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, no, uh, you're completely wrong, Evans. Like, the kid's proper good. Like, proper good. 
don't don't doubt his um, ability. His natural talent's phenomenal, mate. One of the one of my favourite surfers ever. I'm not doubting his ability. He'd be right up there. I'm not doubting his ability. I'm doubting his contest results. Um, so we're thinking, Jack. Back to that. 15, I think it's going to be lower, and I'm going to say, I'm going to side with Ben here, the kid should win an event, and let's hope it's snapper. wouldn't that be good? Alright, well that's next year, it doesn't start till April, what are you doing now for the next four months, Richard? Just a holiday, go to the mountains? No, no, I'm back at it, boys, uh, it's not like that, so now <laughs> it's debrief time, and then we start working on next year, uh, Leo's at the SIRS right now with a uh, medial ligament tear that we're managing for the next three weeks, and then it's a trip to Morocco um, with the boys to start getting ready for snapper, um, etc., etc. On it goes. Is Fred going to be over in Tanner? Me and Monday going to be heading up the webcast in Tenerife. Is Fred going to be over in Tenerife <laughs> looking for those sweet one thousand QS points? Uh, Are you? I, I uh, can you maybe you should call him and mention that <laughs> event. Uh, I'd rather not right now. <laughs> Oh, well, tell him to check into the webcast at least. Yeah, yeah, both, yeah, I know you guys will be online. Yeah, so that'll be I'm good. I'm sure it'll be riveting. <laughs> <laughs> Any chance again, um, dog back in the booth? Sort of, so far, does missed you, dude? Now you've, you know, you've sort of turned your back on the mic. Any chance of getting back and doing some commentary? Oh, mate, you know what? I, I, I haven't really been invited back. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's strange. I, I don't understand why. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did hear some positive uh, feedback off Spinola that uh, they thought I was a little too honest and couldn't drop something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. No, I have no idea. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Richard, as always. Thanks for the insight from the uh, coalface of professional surfing. Uh, anytime, boys. You know I love you. Uh, big hugs and high fives and uh, happy new year. <laughs> Um, one of my own particular favourite parts of the show, the section called Sacred Cow. And, you know, surfing has a lot of, lot of legends and things that we see as sort of untouchables. And I'm asking the important questions. I'm speaking truth to power. And I'd like to nominate a surfer who might be someone quite close to your heart. He's you know, very much an integral part of the sort of Australian sort of surfing experience and history and culture. He even comes from your own hometown in came out of one of the great designs in circuit technology in one four world titles. I am, of course, talking about Mark M.R. Richards. You're, Is it? You're a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> why would you do I that? I think we're going to try and keep emotion out of this and just keep it strictly well, professional. I don't know why you would do it, Paul. I just Explain some, to me why you want to do this. So, I just sometimes I think when I think about him, I think maybe does he get a little bit too much love? <laughs> you know, does he really deserve to be up there in that sort of state? He's basically one of the untouchables, isn't he? He's one of the sort of sort of grand wizards, the quadruple whatever black belts. He's one of the the all so time. How do you want to do this? You just say it, then I'll shoot down everything you say in flames. Well, there's, there's different levels that we can have a rethink about MR. And I, no, I'm saying it's a rethink. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just asking the questions, Ben. You, you've got to have a right to reply. If you take it as a sort of on the more superficial level, are you happy with the logo? The giant Superman logo? Like, what, what is that? Is that the worst logo in surfing? It's one of the most... It's, it's tried and tested. 
It's stuck through. It's immediately recognisable. It makes my yeah. heart sing. Um, anyway, I see someone on that okay. in the surf and just think, look at that. that you know who it is. Anyway, we, we all recognise the logo, but that's you know that's not a reason to put him on the sacred cow. Let's let's talk about his credentials and com- competition. Yeah, I'd love to. Four world titles in a row, so seven, 79, 88, 182. I think history has shown us in, in surfing and other sports, if anyone's winning sort of can set back to back to back to back titles. What that means is there's there's a lack of proper competition for him. There's a lack of legitimate kind of other contenders. When Kelly was dominant in the in the kind of nineties, it was fucking Danny Wills and you know shit house. No, no. Let me just so first first world title that he won. He wasn't even on tour. Decent effort. He won like four events in one foot surf in Japan or something in '79, and and he ended up. He didn't even go to South Africa. He was shaped boards. He won the world title. But say '81 and '82, for example. He's going up against Shane Haran. Shane Haran was surfing a board with a fucking bit of sewage pipe, like epoxied to the bottom. He was off his head. So were his boards. And I think I'd like to see that surfed again. I'd like to see some of those heats resurf on proper equipment because Shane Haran was basically surfing, giving himself a handicap. So I, I question that. I question Shane Haran. What about what about Bugs? Sean Thompson the at their height. They were sort of coming to Dave their end. Kilauea, they were coming to their Michael end. Ho. Yeah, they were coming to the... The universe now is a pretty strong... You're, just, you're naming great surfers, I'm not saying that. They were all in that world title race, though, weren't they? Yeah, I just think there's something fishy about the four world titles in a row. <laughs> I'm not happy with them. Let's talk about it. On then another, he retired. Let's talk about it on another level. The busting down the door thing. Did he have his mates back? Would you want MR in the trenches? When Bugs was getting his head kicked in and they were all getting punched out... MR, I mean, oh, full respect to him for doing the right thing and behaving. Him. But was was he there backing up the boys? That just says, was, is he no, true he blue, was, Ben? He was, because Eddie Ikao chose one man to be the peacemaker. Who did he choose? Fair enough. Yeah, he raised Mark Richards. He raised a good point. So yeah. Mark Richards went in and talked <laughs> the Hawaiians down because he's there and they respected. Why yeah. do they respect him? Yeah, he raised a fair point. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. So I'm just saying MR, really. I've met him. He's a nice enough guy. You've probably got some MR anecdotes. It's kind of a weird-looking guy. Is the surfing that good? The weird wounded seagull? The, it was... The, it, the arm it was thing different. with the wrist? It was unusual. It was... It was not to everyone's taste. I'll say this: the Honol- giant Is that orthodox, giant, the giant Honolulu Bay, amazing. A couple of sessions got off the wall. What about that? Really? What about the fact that he was really? the last world champion to um, ride his own boards? That's good. That's 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 good. Well, let's talk about the boards, Ben, because oh, I've got one. They're bloody great. They're famous. Aren't they? Another one, Mark. They're famous, aren't they? The MR Twin. Very famous. Mm. You know, it's in the name, isn't it? The Twin, the Super Twin, the Retro Twin. I um one of my mates I go surfing with a bit Max from from you know the St Andrews <laughs> Beach Brewery. He's, he's got a load of MRs. My mate MR, my MR. He's got a load of MRs. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take out the MR twin. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, sweet. And I noticed it's actually got three fins in it, isn't it? It's got the little trailing fin. Well, he used is to that, have. He used to use them back in the is day. That, is that a twin? Well, if you go, if you rushed into labour nine months pregnant with a huge wow. belly and three babies, kind of go. Oh, how'd you go? go? Yeah, I had twins. Is that is that the answer? It's not, is it? No. Are they twin fins? They weren't they? These new models are called re- retro twins, aren't they? He's, he puts a little fin at the back just to help people out, like Max, the fucking rider. Is he essentially saying my twin fins aren't shit? In order for it to actually go, he's always been so great. So it wasn't. He took the idea from Reno Abalera. He was always. It wasn't his idea. He was not the man that invented it. He just 
he got taught it, took it on, and made it his own. Uh, I don't want to. You know, I didn't want to mention it. But you forced me into a corner pole. I don't want to talk about the five hundred thousand dollars he's raised for Sids when his um after his son died of, of early sudden infant death syndrome. I don't want to bring that up. Uh, but he's just universally known as one of the most likable, genuine um, guys in surfing. His four world titles, although he discredited them with no basis facts whatsoever, stand to the test. He retired. He still runs a shop in Newcastle. You can go up and order a board and have a chat, and he will have a chat. Don't worry about that. He's literally one of the most influential, uh, respected, nicest guys in surfing, and and you're a fucking disgrace. <laughs> well, look, we've you know we've had the evidence for the prosecution and the defence. You know, do we put Emil out to pasture in that sweet green green grass, or do we pull the mercy lever in the abattoir and have him chopped up, made into? raising steak or whatever well, I'm think, going out with him if he gets mercy leave I'm going to put my head on the chopping I mean, board at this stage sometimes we flip a coin I think on this particular occasion <laughs> I'd probably say fair enough okay he, he's going out to that pasture Emma you're alright I didn't mean it buddy <laughs> well from a legend of a bygone era to a young man who's turning plenty of heads in the world of big wave surfing today Nacho Gonzalez we caught up with him find out about what's been so far a pretty crazy winter for him. It's been a busy year. Um, the last two months were were crazy for me. I I didn't stop. Uh, didn't sleep. Didn't always like um, going for surfing, going for some projects that I I'm doing right now. And on the beginning of of, of the season, I start to to film uh, a little film here in the Basque Country. Um, like um, going with a jet ski, filming every day, five o'clock in the morning, go somewhere to Mandaka, you, you know, around to surf and film. Um, it's been like two weeks and after that I went straight to, to Nazareth. Um, I did a contest. It, it's been like um crazy event for me because I went with friends and um you know the pressure were were was less than than because my friends was all the time laughing and it makes makes less pressure for me i I knew that matter for me on the tour was my my event you know because I have more experience than Jaws and Mavericks, and I knew that that over there I I have to do it well, you know. And I went with all my friends, laughing, eight hours driving. It's and I, it was like a holiday, you know. Like <laughs> go there and having fun, and and that's it, you know. Um, and, and and that's that's how I I did, you know. Sure, and I I was there. I saw that. And what about that? That massive barrel, the ten point ride. Can you describe describe that way yeah, I mean, for people that haven't um, seen it? All all the day was was amazing, you know. From the morning to the end, it was sunny day over there. Um, you know, with friends, with all the boys um, in the water. The bikes were amazing. It wasn't like a contest, you know. It was like um, free surfing with four guys out. I mean, five guys guys out. And and it was fun, fun for sure. And in the beginning of, of my first hit, I was a little bit nervous because, you know, first hit, first hit of the year, 
I've been training six months um, with a big diet, uh, big training all the days, and, and preparing really much uh, that event. And I was a little bit nervous in the beginning. My first hit, I was a little bit lost on the in the water, and I made it through like um, two minutes in the last two minutes. My first hit, and I was like, "Fuck!" Next hit, I'm gonna be relaxed. I'm gonna do what I what I what I know to do, and it's gonna be like that. It's mm. not pressure for me, and let's do it. And I was like, "Boys, I'm gonna do really well next hit." Um, and that's what I did, you know. Yeah. I, I went to the semifinals, relaxed, uh, getting some waves, and and then this wave came, you know. Um, sometimes in Nazare, um the medium ones are the the ones where you, you are like um, um, trying to to get, you know. Yeah. Um, and on that set, I remember all the, all the boys were paddling like. To the peak, and I was I was sitting on the inside. I was like, okay, it's gonna come. Uh, today is a day to to risk, you know, to to be on the inside and trying to to get the double, the double, the, the double up. Yeah. But you, you have to play um, with the sets and over there, you know. If you are playing in that area, you, you're gonna get a big one on the head. And, that's what it happened on the final. I tried to to make the same plan, and and I got all the all the sets on the head. But um, <laughs> on the semis, when I got that wave in the beginning, I I thought it, I was too deep on that wave. But I was like, okay, I'm going. That's <laughs> it. Um, I'm gonna pull in, and that's it. Let's see what's happened, you know. And when I came out, it was like screaming, crying on the jet ski. It was all the day crying, you know. <laughs> and then um, straight from Nazra, you went you went to to Maui, didn't you, for for Jaws? And did did you surf yeah, in, the, um, in the first the, heat of the, the big thing, day? It was it was that I went um, to, to do some. Um, I I did another trip after that. After Nazra, I, I did another trip. Um, I didn't even party because the, the next day I I took a flight and. I did another trip, and and after that, um, it was a hard connections to come back home. When I saw the swell to Jaws, and and I was like, "Fuck, it's gonna Jaws is gonna happen," you know. And I was like, um, two days on on flying to back home, and 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 I was like, "Fuck, maybe I'm, I'm not gonna make it," you know. And I called to my parents of their decision because. With two days of, of of call for us, it's not enough to to get to Maui on time, you know. Yeah. And the same day that I get back home, um, I took my car, drive all the night, no sleep, to Madrid, and I took the flight straight to Maui. Mm-hmm. And that's that's because it happened to me this injury because all the pressure that I have and stress and and you know, like um, the the medic, the I mean the, the the guys on the hospital, they told me if I have a, like a really stressful uh, months or something like that, and I was like, yes, it's been a crazy two months, you know. Yeah. And 
and yeah, I, I went to yours and trying to to you know with a plan with um with two friends and 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 a filmer and we went there with a good plan with with a good mentality. I, I feel it really really well, you know, after after another and and it didn't, it didn't, I, I didn't have lucky, you know, it was massive the first day, it was pretty scary, I was really scary before my heat, yeah. um, and then, then they cancelled, I was lucky, you know, but um, it was, it was a really challenging event, you know, um, the next day it was for a backhand, it was really hard to, to get waves yeah. uh, with the wind, you know, and and even if you don't know like really well the place, you know I've been surfing there like three times in my whole life, and and I think the the, the Hawaiians they don't they know really well the sport, the wind, and how to do it over there, you know. And, sure. And um, the level, the level look, you you see the level where where it is because they 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 know really well the place, you know. Next year, it, do you? plan to to calm down or is it still uh foot on the gas no i mean um if i qualify for the big wave water i don't know um because we have mavericks um and we don't know yet the the, the verification but um if i'm on the big wave water i for sure that i'm gonna train harder than ever and try to make us as good as i can on the big way water and and still living, you know, still living the dream, um, having the the life that I'm I having right now, that it's beautiful and adventures and and that's what I I really want to do, you know. Okay. Well it's working mate, so I think we can probably wrap it up there, but it's yeah, it's been inspirational. So good luck on in Mavericks if it goes. Thanks, Nacho. <laughs> Thank you, Leanne. Get a dog up your mate. It's not the length podcast. All right, well, that'll wrap things up for episode one. Big thanks to our guests, Dog Marsh and Nacho Gonzalez. And a big thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. Get in touch with the show. Send us a tweet at Wavelength Mag. Drop us an email, editor at wavelengthmag.com. Let's know where you're listening from, any feedback you got about the show, anything you'd like us to read out or discuss, any topics. And, of course, you can catch Monday and I at the last America's Pro. We'll be doing the broadcast first week of February. It's kind of like the It's Not the Length podcast, although it's 10 hours a day for a week. Tune in for that, and we'll catch you next time for episode two. 